0: Shackalaka! Okay, doing another live today. Um, all right, it's kind of fun. I normally I have my cameraman, my folks that that take and work with me to help do these uh, live events, but my camera, my daughter Michaela, she is sick, and as a result, I've been doing this myself. So, getting a little bit better, learning her her skills. All right, today. Okay, this is this is this is ec- or episode number three of this sequence. So these are the 25 secrets to persuasion. These are the secret weapons of influence to sell anything, part three of three. Now, what I'm sharing with you, so do a quick recap. In the previous two uh, podcasts and videos and stuff, I actually had gone through the first 15 secret weapons of influence. Now, today we're going to start on uh, secret number 16. And then we're going to finish it out with secret number 25. So we've got quite a few that we're going to cover today. But here's the thing, and this is the reason that I take and I share this. This is the reason that you want to understand this. Okay, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're going to work, whether you're doing job interviews, whether you're trying to work with kids, whether, like, any. Just think about it. Any place in your entire life where you're trying to be persuasive so that you can cause people to do some good things in this world, this is where this comes into play. Now, I talk about it in the form of being able to sell, be able to help and to motivate people. Because, but, but the truth is, you're always trying to influence, you're always trying to motivate, you're always trying to uh, sell something. Maybe what you want to do is you want to go to the movies. You've got to be able to motivate and persuade somebody else if you want them to go with you to participate in it. And if you understand human psychology, how people behave, it can allow you to start becoming more persuasive so that you can accomplish what you're trying to do. It's actually critical. It's imperative. It's something that you've got to be able to do. All right, so here we go. We are going to jump into... Here we go. We're jumping into secret number 16. 16. Secret number 16 is... Contrast misrepresentation. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen where they take two things of the exact same size in an image and they put one with uh, like a, they put it in different sections of the picture and as you look at it, like this image or one of these two images looks much larger than the other one. Because maybe they put some buildings around it. Maybe they put something that made the surroundings appear to be small. And so as a result, You then believe, or then you then think that there's actually a size difference in the two things. Here's you know, here's you an example. You could actually try this on yourself, and you could do you could get this contrast misrepresentation. If you take you got hot water, if you were to put your left hand into hot water, and if you were to put your right hand into cold water, you put those two hands in there, then you pull those two hands out and you put them in the same bucket with lukewarm water. Your hands are going to actually experience different sensations based on where they actually just came out. This hand that was in the cold water may think that this is nice and warm. The hand that was in the hot water put it into the lukewarm water. That hand is going to start believing that this water is freezing cold. And it has everything to do with contrast and misrepresentation. Like some easy examples of this is when I uh, I was reading a book or... Yeah, actually, it was in a book. So the guy was talking about how he, they did an experiment. It had to do with beer. So if you're not a beer drinker, that's okay. In this experiment, they had it with beer. And they found that if you took beer, the exact same can of beer, and you put it inside a really nice shop, like kind of a high-end shop, and this can of beer is present, this beer would probably sell for, I think they said it was like $2.50 a can. But if they took the exact same thing and they put it in a hole in the wall place on a kind of a place that's kind of a dive, that exact same can sold for about a buck fifty. You can see there's about a dollar contrast and it has everything to do with location and proximity and how things are clustered to it. So you just keep that in mind um, it's it, you, you see a, a contrast misrepresentation on this frequently in. Okay, so here, here's, your, here's your good example. So there was, a, there was one of those islands down in, you know, south of Florida, okay? And there was these, these jewels that were inside this jewelry store. And the guy was trying to figure out, how do I sell these jewels? How do I sell them? 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 I sell them? And when, when he took it, he was trying to sell it. He couldn't seem to get anybody to buy it. So then he would discount it and nobody would buy it. And he would discount it again. Well, nobody would buy it. So then he, he, he actually went out of the office. He left some instructions to, his, uh, to his, one of his employees to be able to discount these things and to be able to get rid of all of them. Well, instead of interpreting his message as a discount, she actually went in there and she increased the price so that they became very expensive. And when he came back, he was shocked to discover he was pleased to see that they were all gone. But he was shocked to discover they were all gone at a premium price. And people had made the assumption because the price was high that there was a tremendous amount of value in it. And as a result, they bought it because they associated price, high price with a high quality. They misrepresented what it was. And in the end, they bought all of the products. So you just pay attention to that. Just recognize cheap does not necessarily mean that it's a low quality and overpriced does not necessarily mean that it's a high quality. Okay, people will make the mistake of connecting those two frequently in their mind. All right, stress. So secret number 17 is stress influence. When you've noticed, you've noticed that your body can induce stress. You can get some adrenaline in you and it will allow you to be able to go out into the world and do different things. I ran into this the other day, and I was I was kind of shocked on it. I noticed that I had a lot of tension in my body, I was stressed out. I went to I went and got a massage. First massage I've ever gotten in my entire life. And when I got done doing the massage, I felt great. I came home, and then I'm trying to figure out how to get into the game of working. But in that very relaxed state, I didn't care. My enthusiasm was low, my motivation was low, I was not ready to kill anything. I wasn't ready to take on the world. It like It chilled me out too much to the point that I was like, holy crap, I need some stress and some tension back in my body so that I can be able to respond. You would definitely not want to be in a very calm, relaxed, daydreaming state when a tiger comes on you. You want to be able to have that adrenaline snap into you so that it causes you to do things. But when you're under stress, you can actually make bad decisions at the same time. Fortunately, it can help you make good decisions but it can also help you make bad decisions because you could make a snap decision based on information that's right in front of you. Okay, so here's, here's one of the things you can do. You want to say, hey, I want to be able to create an environment where I can take and do, uh, cause sales to take place. This will start playing into the urgency and scarcity. Under the belief that if somebody does not act now, they cannot obtain the thing that they want. Now, there's truth to urgency and scarcity. I run into this right now. If you wanted a generator, generators got back ordered by six months. It became scarce, so your ability to make a decision quickly actually plays into it. So if you're thinking about sales or something of this nature, it's helpful if you don't create false scarcity, but you cause thing. It helps if things actually have real um, scarcity, so that it allows somebody to finally make a decision. Here's what you know about human nature. Boy, they don't want to make a decision. They don't want to do anything. Like, they will stay in a non-moving state until something comes in and induces a little bit of stress and causes them to make a decision. It's actually a powerful tool because you've got to be able to help people move. They they will stay complacent on you forever. So it's a a big, big problem that we uh, make a mistake of. All right, so secret number 18 is availability misweighing tendency. This one right here, you can see this like on a car lot. Um, And there could be some truth to this. You want to buy a particular car, a particular flavor. There may or may not be availability. So as a result, you may want to jump on that decision right here, right now, because you don't have the ability to get it. But you could be mistaken. It could be that that exact same product exists somewhere else. It jumps into, again urgency, and scarcity. So, now you, you got to pause for a second and think about here's you. Here's you an example. Um, let's see if this is going to go into the next one. I don't want to... Okay, here's you an example. Have you ever gone and looked inside your fridge? And like, let's just say that you, were, you, you had a, a pie in there. And you've got a tribe like mine where there's 10 of us. So you look inside the fridge and you see one slice of pie left. What goes through your mind? Are you thinking... Whoa, wait a minute, if I don't hurry and jump on this pie now, this slice, I will not get it, right? I won't get it. And so as a result, you will take and you will jump on it. But if you open the fridge and there was pie, 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 pie pie everywhere, you might not actually care because there's not really a lack of availability. And so you may pass on it. You may even be full when you open the fridge and see one slice, but you know that that last slice is yours, <laughs> That's human nature. That's how we operate. And so availability, um, and then we can actually compromise or do things differently based on what we perceive as availability. Okay? Um, Tendency to use it or lose it. This is secret number 19. Actually, this is profound. You can see it, you can understand it. It's like if you were a concert pianist, um, and there's a concert, there's concert pianists that have actually gone out and documented this. It's, if, you, if you, you practice the piano, you, you, you maintain your skills. Okay, if you were to start skipping those lessons, those practices, you would actually notice a, a material degration of your ability to take and to do this stuff. And so what happens is, is if, you, if somebody gets in a habit of not like, trying to think, not trying to maintain a skill, not trying to make a thing, they actually will start losing that skill. And so if you get into a state, like just recognize that people will, like people who become complacent and have a habit of not making decisions will struggle to actually make a decision because they'll figure out they will, they will become so, like they'll be expert non-decision makers. So we've got to figure out how to take in to help people to be able to do this, okay? Um, so lose it or use it or lose it tendency. It's a secret. You've got to just be aware of it. Figure out how to use this to your advantage to be able to influence or to motivate somebody. Like, you would do somebody a tremendous favor if they become weak in an area of something where you can influence them to become strong so that you can motivate them to do a good thing. All right, secret number uh, 20. Drug misinfluence. Um, I recommend we do not spend much time using this one. If somebody... This one is more like one to help you understand that when you get under the, the inducements of like a narcotics or drugs or something, your ability to make a good decision is probably impaired. In fact, you will get some people that think that they're probably super smart in a drug-induced state and they make stupid sauce decisions because they are under the influence. So that one, that one we should definitely, we should encourage people not to do that one. That that act, I mean, I bet you drugs and alcohol ruin as many lives as about anything you can think of on this planet. So, all right, secret number 21 um, sentience misinfluence. Um, part of this comes into is this like if somebody that gets older, right? Like things slow down, things are not quite going the way that they used to be, and something like this, you could actually cause somebody to be. Tremendously influenced by the clothes, by the, the, way that, the way that you carry yourself. You could be, like if you went into, um, let's say you went to a really high-end, uh, really cool party, right? You would feel very comfortable there wearing really nice, cool stuff. So you're going to be influenced by this particular environment based on the way folks operate. Um, you can, like those are things that you got to pay attention to. So if you're going to a very risque type place, then you're probably going to fill or represent risque type stuff. There was a guy who trying to cause or to induce, induce influence. Now, I'm not suggesting we should do this, but he was wanting to induce influence. So he had like a customer come in. He would take this customer and incite. So it, the, the sales guy actually controlled the environment. It was actually in his house. He would take and bring this person in. I think he'd probably give him a massage or have somebody give him a massage, get him nice and comfortable. They were sitting there like in a bathrobe, and then he came in and sat directly across from them, in like a suit and a tie, and he looked very professional. Right? He then created an environment where the person wearing like a non-power suit, which is this this uh, this robe or something, became very uncomfortable and became easily to influence. Because of just the way the environment was set up on them. So interesting to, to, to observe. Um, so I guess you just think about it. How could you take and position yourself? Like here, here's one where you can see it. This is this is a mistake a lot of people make. They don't think grooming matters, right? They don't think, they, they think that you could just have like a guy. On the whole, unless you're doing Harley Davidson's, having a big beard and long hair and not looking well maintained and kept probably is going to hurt you except if you're on a Harley and that is exactly how that persona actually displays itself. But if you wanted to create business, a business adventure, something of that nature, your, your ability to present yourself so that you're a credible person that actually should be heard and listened to has a lot to do with how you carry yourself and present yourself. So just be very aware of that. Um, okay, so secret number 22, authority Misinfluence. Okay, what do I mean by authority misinfluence? When you have, like, a doctor, the doctor puts on a lab coat, that, that lab coat, that, that situation creates the belief that that is somebody that should be heard to. They love you put doctor in front of your name, you put PhD behind your name, you put all of these different things that then create the, the appearance of authority, then causes you to believe in a different thing. They were doing an experiment where, so this one person, they were inside this room, and they were to be shocked, okay? This other person outside this room, he could look through a glass and see him. He was to administer the shock, and there was a person who actually was wearing a lab coat who actually presented himself as a person of authority, okay? And what they ended up doing is, hey, the authority person says, okay, time to... Well, let's ask him some questions. We'll get some stuff wrong. We're going to shock him. So they ask a question, gets it wrong, shock. Boom. It hits him. Not too bad. In the beginning, it was nice. Not too big. It wasn't a big deal. Second time he got it wrong, poof, ooh, the shock got a little harder, right? And, uh, but still, everybody's happy. Third shock, poof, oh, now it's starting to hurt him. And the person administering the shock was a person that would not, by nature, cause somebody to experience pain. But the cycle continued, and the guy was like, I do not want to shock him anymore. And the person with authority, lab coat, and it's like, no, this is what it's all about. This is the experiment. And they, they, threw their position of authority, then caused the shocks to continue to take place. Finally, they did have to obviously stop it. But the whole point that they were documenting is that somebody in authority could actually persuade somebody to do something really stupid that would actually cause somebody else harm. Hitler did the exact same thing. Okay, You want to take them to be able to influence people, you've got to start considering how is it that I could be a person of authority? Like you want to be, let's say you want to be an influencer. You want to start going out, take, take you could do what they call authority jacking, which means you could go in there And, like, say you want to create a Facebook post and then you tag somebody else in it. That, in an essence, puts your face out in front of their audience, which then creates the appearance that you and them are actually connected and it causes authority jacking to take place. Or, in other words, you're leveraging what they are that can actually help advance what you're trying to do. It happens all the time. So, authority jacking or... The secret of using somebody else's authority, or or putting yourself in a position of authority, very powerful. So, secret number twenty-three. This is called twaddle. Twaddle. Just uh, have you ever heard somebody just say a whole lot of nothing, and it's still a whole lot of nothing. But even foolish speak can actually motivate people to do some stuff. You get you get some you get some like. It's crazy. There's things that, are, that make sense and there's things that don't make sense. But you could have somebody get up and explain, like, the law of physics in such a way that it, like, they could say gravity doesn't exist. And then they start spinning this weed, this, this web of, of nonsense. But you could actually discover finding yourself believing that the nonsense is, in fact, true to the point that you think that gravity doesn't matter. So now you're going to jump off a roof and act like you're Superman. Have you ever heard of people doing that? You have, right? Because they somehow convince themselves through a bunch of nonsense that a thing is what it is, but it's not. So pay attention to twaddle. You're going to discover twaddle all around you. In fact, watch this. Here's here's probably one of the biggest things about twaddle. Let's say you want the good life, right? You want the good life. You You want to have the good life. You want the car. You want whatever it is. You just decide the good life. Have you ever noticed that there's a tremendous amount of people that would love to give you some advice about the good life that don't have the good life? Like, why would you take? Why would you take advice from somebody who's broke about how to be successful? It's like, it's like uh, maybe your parents have been divorced about three times each, right? But then they want to give you some marriage counseling. Now they might have some good counsel in them. But why would marriage counseling from somebody that's been divorced three times make sense? But they'll provide that. Why would, why would learning how to be a millionaire make sense to take and learn that from somebody who actually isn't getting any momentum in life? They're not actually succeeding at nothing. Like if you're, your income's like say $50,000 a year and you're trying to teach somebody how to be a millionaire, by golly, um, they probably don't know how to get there. See what I'm talking about? Twaddle. It's, it's all around you. You get stupid advice from all kinds of people. It doesn't help you at all. Um, I actually had a coach that was that way, where he was teaching and coaching people how to do something. He was teaching and coaching me how to run Facebook ads. And then I discovered he can't run Facebook ads because his ads don't convert. I'm like, bro, like, bro, why, why? Like, that was a mistake on my part. Why are you teaching me how to do Facebook ads? I spent $4,500 on ads that you were showing me how to do. They don't work because you don't know how to make them work. It's it was it was yeah, what I did that was a that was an expensive discovery. So pay attention to that one. Okay, secret number twenty four reason respective. Okay. Um let's see, let me go through this a little bit. Um Hearing illogical reasons can be just as persuasive as logical reasons. Ooh. So they could give you a bunch of facts, a bunch of data, but the facts and data could be st- totally stupid. This actually kind of ties into the twaddle tendency. But like causing you to believe that such things are true, um, connecting A to B when A to B may or may not actually be true, right? Um, just because it seems like it might be true, doesn't make, it. so you get some, you get some, uh, people will try to, people, it's kind of funny, Have, like we kind of get stuck in a pattern of thinking that the thing that we're doing actually makes sense. Have you ever thought, just, just pause for a second, think about this. Have you ever thought that you actually are living life the right way, the perfect way, but then if you stop and you look back at what you've done, and then you've got to ask yourself, did I get the results that I wanted? Like, did you ever think that like this point, this stage in your life, that you, didn't you think that maybe you'd be farther along than you are now? And so then you look back, and then without actually wanting to make a shift or wanting to make a change, because you believe you're living optimally, but you're not where you want to be. But, we, but we, we persist in this thing. We persist in reasons that make no sense. Um, it's it's a mistake. It's a, it's, a, it's a mistake that every single one of us want to do because we don't want to admit that we may be lost. Ty Lopez said, he's like, look, you want to figure out how to get ahead in life? He goes, just admit you're lost. Once you're lost, then you can work on getting found. But until you recognize that you're lost, you'll never be found. I was sitting in a meeting one time. It was at Raytheon Missile Systems. I had the director of the Tomahawk program. Very, very expensive weapons, $1.3 million a piece. Okay, we were we were dealing in the billions. And I was sitting in this meeting, and he said something that just, I, I dang near died laughing. I laughed so hard. I don't think that that was the appropriate time to laugh, but I just couldn't stop laughing. He says, he goes, the problem is you don't know what you don't know. And I was like, Boy, that was, that was wisdom of years. And I fell over laughing. But the point was, is he, like being at least conscious of the fact that you probably don't know, at least allows you to admit you're lost so then you can get yourself found. Okay. And here is the last one. This is the last one. Now, before I drop this last one on you, if you've learned some stuff, if you want to figure out how to get some momentum, you want to figure out how to get, get ahead. I can show you how all of this stuff comes together and plays out. I can show you how you can use these superpowers of influence to actually help somebody to get ahead in life. Go to my website, AskSolarMike.com. Go check it out. Go see. Go learn about what I do on solar. You'll see, that, you'll see the ethical rules of persuasion inside here. You'll see the things that I'm doing. You'll see, like, you'll see how I use these tools to help people move ahead. Not everybody that uses these tools are helping somebody get ahead. Selling people alcohol is not a good use of these tools. It causes people to make mistakes, to do stupid things, and to ruin their lives. So not every application is good. Okay, so secret number 25. It's the Lollapalooza effect or tendency. What that means is as you start taking the other 24 layers of, uh, of secrets of influence or layers of influence and you start stacking them one on top of the other. It creates a rope or it creates a band. It creates more momentum that then causes people to believe. It causes people to make changes. It causes actions to take place. And that's the secret. Like when you sit down, you sit down and you say hey I want to accomplish this thing. Go through this go through this recording. Take Take the 24 other layers of, of influence. Take them and then figure out how do I use this and stack it. Stack it on top of what I'm trying to do. And take this layer, I'm going to stack it. And take this layer and this weapon and stack it and stack it and stack it. By the time you've actually woven all of these different pieces into your content, whether you're putting it on a website, whether you're motivating somebody, whether, however you want to use it, once you've layered it properly, it creates this this like a halo effect or lolapoza effect where all of these things come together combined to make it even more powerful. That right there, those are the those are the 25 secrets. I call it the 25 secrets of persuasion. They are the secrets of wealth, well, secret weapons of influence to sell anything. Part three of three. Okay. Um let's see. I've got, I think I'll do another good podcast tomorrow. i got to decide what I want to do. But whatever it is, I'm just, I, the, the whole point of this is, is this is my rags to riches transformation journey. I'm documenting how I am transforming everything that I do. I'm transforming how I, how I, how I move forward, how I create wealth. I've, I've, um, I hit, I increased what I did 350%. That's how much I increased my wealth over the previous year. Um, My goal is to do it again this year. I'm doing, here, just behind the scenes look, this is what I'm doing. So one of the things I discovered is, is, have you ever noticed, it's called a product launch, okay? Have you ever noticed that when a new movie comes out, that one of the things that they will do to help it get momentum is they're going to have a debut. But before they get to the debut, they will actually have the actresses and actresses get on talk shows, get in events. Figure out how do you get attention. How do you get people to pay attention. How do you create ad marketing. How do you, let's create some trailers. Let's put those up on YouTube. Let's put those on Facebook. Let's put, those, let's put that content out on TV. Because you want to hear all of these channels. So when the product finally launches. People show up and actually care about the movie. That's what we're talking about. That's what I'm working on right here right now. Because I've got a product. That's very useful. It helps a tremendous amount of people. The big thing that I've noticed in my environment is I've got a bunch of solar companies that are competing with me who actually feel good about overcharging customers. I had one, okay, there's this lady that works for Sunrun and dividend. Just give you a, a perspective. Okay? She what she processes their loans, so she can see the exact price what the customers are getting. Boy, those guys charged her fifth or no, it was 80 thousand dollars they charged her eighty thousand dollars now she needed a lot of solar i sat down with her i ran her numbers i came out at thirty thousand it was actually twenty nine thousand but it was close enough to thirty but i was a fifty thousand dollar delta compared to what Vivint is charging these customers and i was like she's like, dude, I get it. I get why people want to work with you. I get why it is. And so when I ran her numbers, her numbers, on her solar numbers, her monthly payment came out way less than what she was paying the utility company. And so what I'm doing is I'm like, how do I tap into these audiences so that I can help a larger percentage of people to be able to get solar at a wholesale price so I can do some good? And I'm taking these tools that I just shared with you to be able to cause influence to take place so that I can not only... Save them and get them a better price. But in the long run, I can help them save a massive amount of money by just not buying power from utility companies who love to do rate increases. Inflation's going to kill them. Let's just not, we don't have to pay for that. They can't tax the sun. The sun doesn't know what inflation is. All it does is come up every day. So that's what I'm using. That's how I'm using my, uh, my weapons of influence to be able to help people get ahead in life. All right. I will talk to you later.